Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Shut the Funk Up podcast. I am your boy, mm. who is well fed. Yes, he I'm is. I'm with the kid, Jay. Who the is kid Jay? The kid, the kid who is Jay. That's it. Um, episode fourteen here, live and direct. Sunday bullshit. Mm. Beautiful Sunday out, man. Absolutely. Absolutely, these are one of those days, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful Sunday out. How's everybody doing out there? We are doing very well. Um, uh, I had a big day yesterday. How was your week? Did, did you? Are you? I think we, we both, both had, had some a, pretty cool it's days. On the li- it's on the. It's is on it, the. Is it? Is it on there? Okay. Saturday recap, baby. Um. Uh, let's, uh, let's do some janitorial duty first, and then we'll get into our fun little Saturday. Thank you. Um, yeah, break out the Fabuloso. Let's open that janitor's closet. What'd we, what'd you get me here? Hazy Little Things IPA? I don't know. Is it good? Hazy Little Things by Sierra Nevada. I know, um, you know me, I'm not an IPA guy, so I buy that blindly for you. Because you know I am. And yes, I know you're with the I'm into it. Okay. Uh, janitor's closet. Yes. So, uh, Devo, listen to it. Yeah, what'd you, uh, what'd you think? It was a little different. It's definitely different. It's good. It is definitely its own, uh, lane on the highway for sure. It's something I got to be in the mood for. I got to be, I got to want that 80s sound. It was Cynthia. Did you, but did you, uh, pick up on the, the, the look at the, the, the punk, almost punk rocky yeah, guitar parts a definitely. lot in, in there? That definitely. Yeah. I put here Rocky. Like mm-hmm. it's really rock, rocky and punky. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with yes. the synth and you know all that stuff. I also noticed um, un- pop quiz, pop quiz. What's the name of the hats? Uh, Does he remember the the Temple of the Sun? I don't know. Energy Dome. Energy. <laughs> Come on, Temple of the Sun. Give me some like partial <laughs> Temple credit. Of the Dom. Yeah. Um, uh, I realized that the song "Uncontrollable Uncontrollable Urge." Uh, that's the opening for ridiculousness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I that's yeah. why I put it on there. Yeah, that's. I was like, oh, people will know this. One. So I'm tying that in is for it, all you I young thought it was jackass, but yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, it's, it's ridiculousness. ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so <laughs> that was um, that was that was. That was just a surprise when I heard it that yeah, morning. Yeah, cheap like, thrills. You're yeah, like, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know me. I always love. Mm-hmm. I love whenever I can make that connection point between either a sample, cult, yeah. or or like an old song that mm-hmm. has been, you know. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I gotta like look through that and see if uh, who's the main guy from Devo? Mark Mothersbaugh. If he's got the credit line on. Like, if he ah, has, actually produces that, ah, or if he just, like, you know, they just paid for the song. I'd be curious to see. I would be curious to see, too. I would go with the last. Probably, yeah. Probably they, yeah. Just, they just paid him for that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing was... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was going to be in my head all day. Yeah, right? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where I want it. Um, I did some digging on the Prince album stuff. I found that it's Legacy Recordings. Uh, that's who's taken over. Oh, that's the. the it's Legacy they, Recordings. It's an offshoot of, or it's underneath Sony. Did they, I was did they looking for the guy's name, no, yeah. and I, I'm so pissed that I didn't keep the article um, that I had originally seen where they're interviewing that guy. So I was digging for Damn. a while. I couldn't find it. I'm going to keep digging. This isn't over. I'd like to know. I really would actually like to know that. Yeah. Because if, if even if we if I don't know who it is, we're gonna look it up, and he's probably somebody. 
He's probably, got it. Well, you don't have a cool little story. You don't get bequeathed that honor unless you are yeah. like you've put in your dues for I'm assuming decades. Yeah. Right? Um now, the lawn playlists. I'm gonna All give you right. a couple. So okay, have we landed on one or are we are, no. we are we solidifying it now? I just I I came up with a couple at breakfast this morning. I, I, I sat across the table for I my... I think you sent me one or two that were pretty damn good. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I... Um, I Mine was... I, what was my... I, I think I limped in with sweaty cuts or something. Yeah. It's... It's all right. Yeah, it's, uh, that's okay. I thought about it after. I was like, yeah, well, I was on the spot, but yeah, that that, that one's weak. Exactly. Um, so the, I, I sat across from my beautiful doe-eyed wife mm. this morning at breakfast, and I said, let's see if you got a couple. And I just... I have mine and hers... And I think when, you know, you had mentioned last week how I'm just awesome at coming up with names for playlists and fantasy football. Yes. Hers are much worse than mine. So I want I wanna see oh, great. I wanna see who's you who who you like who's you like more. Okay? So do you want me to go with hers first or I, mine first? I I want you to not I want you to go can you can you go can you yeah. ping pong back and forth and not tell me who's who? Correct, yeah. Not a problem. Um, <laughs> the first one I'm going to go with is Grasser Blaster. Grasser Blaster. Yeah, the motif of that came that's, from the uh, Stevie, Wonder. Stevie Wonder Master Blaster. Yeah. yeah, that's the lore that it that it came. Okay, from. Grasser Blaster. Eh. Yeah. Eh. eh. I agree. Only only because no one else will know. No one. Will put, no one all, all these uh, you know idiots listen. They they won't put those. They won't. In. Yeah. They. Yeah. Won't. I knew when I when when that. <laughs> you was, know. You know. You and I. You and I love. We have a little yeah. thing for that album. So. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh. The the next one was Grass Fever. Do you like that one a little I bit like better? I like that one. I like, you like I Grass like, Fever. I like that one. Okay. Gra- I, <laughs> yeah. So those are my two grass ones. Then uh the next one which I uh. I think this one might be one of the best. I think I had sent you this one. Motoon Records. That was the one. Yeah, Motoon Records. Motoon's Records. Motown. Just, yeah, exactly. That, I like that one. That I think one, that right, one is, is, is a one seed. Yeah, okay. Uh, the next one I have for you is... You'll know who's this is. <laughs> uh, Edge of Lawn Teen. Edge of Lawn Teen? It was supposed to... <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that a Fleetwood Mac yes. thing? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that was wifey. I don't and like that one. I rolled my eyes. I don't like that's not even a thousand not even times. Seven right? lawn. There's not Thank even you. It's not even a connection. Thank like, you. That is a stretch. Thank you. Armstrong, if I okay. ever heard one. Yeah. Um all right. She's just like naming she's just thinking of like songs that she likes and then just throwing a lawn in there somewhere. Exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> uh all right. This one I think you will also like. Uh Fertile Vibers. Fertile Vibers. Is there... Is, like off of Fertilizer. That's Fertile where, that Vibers. Would... Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, it's stretch, all right. Stretch it's, Armstrong? It's not a Stretch Armstrong. It was... I. It was uh, maybe, maybe because I'm when not I said right vibes, head. did you think like dildos? Is that where your yeah, head was? Yeah, I wasn't thinking, uh, you know, grass stuff. Okay. It, ooh, mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But grass, bush... Okay, we'll, we'll figure something out there. What about um, grass for that ass? Yeah. Well, <laughs> jazz one, for that what, ass. What was one that you had? Jazz, jazz for that yeah. ass. Um, all right, lawn listening. Lawn listening to elementary. Thank you, mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Yeah, um, was a five-year-old make the, the yeah exactly. Uh, and then 
I think her best one. I've saved my best one and her best one for last. Okay, what do you got? I'm a mower, not a grower playlist. Ooh, love that one a right? lot. Okay, that was hers. Like that one a lot. And mine, which I think it, it's either that or Motune Records, but Yard Twerk. Wow, those are two good ones at the end. All right, so it's let's just go with the. There's three. It's Motune Records. Yep. Um. Uh. Lawn. Uh, mower lawn not a grower and low and mower not a growers. Those are the finalists. Those right? are the finalists. Yeah. Um. Do you want to solidify right here right now? Uh, we can put this to the people. We can put this. You. You know. If you want to be the. Uh... You know the arbiter of this. You can you can just. Well, all right. We'll we'll have Mike cut this up and we'll put the video up and then we'll have them vote on the Instagram. Okay. We'll so have the, them in the just roll in the comment section and everybody get in there and we will. There you go. Yeah. Let's do so that. So there you go. We're gonna put. We are a podcast of the people. We'll put it to the people. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, yes. But those are my lawn playlist selections. Okay. Uh, it will be named and then I will make it and then we will all do our our yard twerk together. Yeah. We could um we we could too if you want to get uh you know if you want to get sexy with it we could make it collaborative and we can let let, let the listeners get in on it too one hundo you know because yeah. I'm I'm into letting them in you know like what yeah. do you, what do you get down to when you're sweating your ass off I like that yeah so okay let's do that yeah for sure all right so we'll that'll be on for next week so everyone you know show us what you got and uh, we'll go from there so that is. My janitor's closet. I am locking up now. Okay, you're putting and the big, I will back mop, on the big key ring. Yep, and I will mop you know the floors at the end of the day after everyone has left. So um, now that everyone's left for the weekend, let's talk about our weekend. Mm. Um, I had a cool little Saturday with Where, with with pops. Where'd you go? Um, I did a crazy thing. I actually I did a thing that might be usually in your bag. Uh yeah, and I, I took my father. My was my my dad's birthday is today. Actually, that we're recording here on Sunday. It's actually today. Happy birthday, happy birthday, dad. Chris. Happy birthday, bud. Seventy one. The, the man, the myth, the legend. Seventy one. He'll yeah. He really is. He yeah. He's he's an a, enigma. He's um, a he's a he's a he's a he's the uh, he's one of the many Geppettos of this podcast. He, I I'm really just sitting here with a chip off the old block. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, you know the the fruit did not fall far from the tree. Yeah, uh, so I don't have a third one. I t- <laughs> I, t- I was trying to help you out there. I yeah, didn't nothing. Have it you gave me Sorry. nothing. Um, so I took him down to uh, the Vizcaya um, Museum and Gardens yes. down in Miami. Mm-hmm. And a staple, a staple of South Florida. A staple of South Florida. You know, a lot of people, I think, maybe um, don't equate South Florida, Miami, with a lot of historical things. But we actually we got some few things here because people forget. Um, well, you know, like down here it was like we were Ponce de Leon. This is where the, these guys were first landing and stuff. Yeah, it's not just uh, you know South Beach, sandy beaches, and and live. Right. There's some other cool some stuff that here. we have. We have a little bit of culture. Yeah. So it was really cool. I'd never been there, and my dad never been there either. Oh, you you haven't been? Never ever been. Uh, wifey and I went probably maybe six months ago. For the oh, first. cool. Yeah, right, so we've been. Oh, word. Yeah, so, so I've been. been, I've been. All right, word. Yeah. I loved it. It yeah. was incredible. It's it is um, every inch of that place is absolutely picturesque. And I what I called it, I said it's landscaping porn. 
Yeah, we went there. It is landscaping porn, and and to go back to every inch, we walked every we walked every inch of that property because it was that magnificent. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. Yeah, did you go like back in like the maze area and stuff? Over by say, the water? Yeah, we went back yep. to the maze thing, which that was actually I want to throw like a little nugget in with that because you know every everywhere as as most of these historical places go, they give you like a little thing to read on like what you're looking at or something. Yeah, there's like a lot of plaques. And the plaque on the maze one was kind of cool. It, it piqued my interest because they they said mazes um, were first created as a meditation experience. Oh, and I was really? like, oh, that kind of is cool. That makes sense. They, it wasn't, you know, we think of mazes now as some type of puzzle or game. Mm-hmm. And what the plaque was saying, it's actually rooted in meditation and for um, uh, for kind of like, you know, slowing down and, and clearing your mind purposes. So people would build mazes. The rich people would build mazes in their backyards and in, in like Italy and stuff. And just like so get you can lost just in wand- there? Yeah, and you just wander and you just clear your head. And then you then you then you make it, and by the time you make it out, then you, it's kind of like it was your way of like huh. decompressing, which I loved that. I find that a bit counterintuitive because I feel like it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go get lost in this maze, and then it's like hour four, and you're really thirsty. You're like, I don't know where I'm at. Well, yeah, don't make the yeah. maze too hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. So it was really really cool. The house had like it was. I I turned to my dad at the end of it and I said to him, you know, I didn't know what I was gonna expect while coming here, uh-huh. but it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I felt the same way when I was there because I didn't really know what the main purpose of it was per right. se. It was. Ba- it basically is this guy's house. He he lived in Chicago. He's like this you know millionaire uh, guy in Chicago, and he kind of just built his house. Down in here, in Miami, off on off of the Bay, Biscayne Bay, and uh, just as I kind of like a winter winter uh, getaway, Mr. Yes, Deering. I'm I'm like I'm G- furiously searching through my phone. Did you when you walked through the house? We weren't. You, the second floor wasn't open. Was it open for you? When, no. Okay. No, because this was like some. This was like an adventure we did like during COVID, where we were like, all right, this is something we can do. Yeah. You know, it's outside. Yeah. So you know, we didn't think there'd be a lot of people there, and there weren't because we went like right when they opened. So it was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm I got to find the picture here, but basically, it had a bottle. They had a bottle of the old um, bourbon. The bourbon. Did mm-hmm. you see the name? I did, and there was a lot of people around that one, so I didn't get to check it out. I'm gonna tease that until I can find the picture. You want me? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll yeah. I'll go ahead and filibuster. Yeah. So um, it was a really, really cool property. Um, the guy's um, house was like the coolest thing about this guy's house was how it was built in. Uh, it was built in from 1912 took two years. 1912 to 1914 was when this house was built. And the coolest thing about it was this guy. I think his name was James Deering. I know his last name was Deering. I think it was James Deering. And he built. He was very technical and technologically advanced for his time. And the house had all these crazy, you know, things. And it was like one of the first houses to ever have an elevator in it. It had. Um, it had its own fire, uh, a fire extinguishing system in it because the guy was from Chicago and he lived through the Great Chicago Fire, so the whole entire house was like fireproof. But the coolest technolo- technological thing that I thought was uh, the two clocks in the atrium that were there. There was two. Cl- they weren't. They were. They look like clocks, but they're not clocks. One has like it's it's got a zero to about like. Six 75 and then the other clock is 
a compass, south, north, northwest, you know, yeah. all that. And this guy uh, hooked up these things that went to the roof, and they were, I, I don't know the name of it, but it hooked up to these two uh, systems that he that he built on the roof so every day he could wake up and he could see, all right, there's 40-mile-per-hour winds coming out of the northwest. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because yeah. he was a big, you know, big boat yeah. guy. All right, what would you just hand me here? That is, that's the bottle of liquor that is in the house. Go ahead, just take a look. What's the name on that? The Old Jordan, Kentucky's finest sour mash bourbon. There you go. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't see that at all. I was there was, <laughs> I saw the bottle of bourbon, but there was people yeah. were hovering around it, so I didn't get to check it out. Yeah. Oh, the old Jordan. Yeah, the old we gotta Jordan. We got to get a bottle of this. I looked. It's very expensive. What are we looking at? I think it was like $2,000. Oh, we got to do that. You in? We got to do that. Okay. We got to do that and let it sit for, I don't know when. Yeah, some, right? Sometime. Some we got that. That's that's cool. Yeah, I, I think it, let me just look here real quick. I think it was, um, uh, uh, oh yeah, Kentucky's finest sour mash bourbon. It was like one of the first ones that they had made or whatever. Now, here's another question for you. Uh, when, when we were there, did you see, uh, actually I was looking, it was for wifey's birthday. We went. Oh, cool. Um, did you see any young women taking very specific photos there? Were they, were they on the steps? You see some quince photos being taken? I saw this one chick, um, underage. Um, she, and I'm not, you know, I'm at, I, I, you know, I know we like to have fun on this and like do like be crazy fucking people. Well, I here. meant specifically the quinceanera yes, photos. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, I saw this one chick, I'm, I'm assuming it's for a quinceanera, because she had this crown. She looked exactly like a princess. Uh-huh. And she had like the crown on. I mean, she looked absolutely beautiful. There were so many uh, people taking photos there for like different types of things. I mean, I saw this like one Russian couple, like these two chicks that were walking around just like dressed to the nines with like their their, their Nikon camera or whatever it is. It's a it's a big thirst trap uh, photo location. I would I was into it though cuz I yeah. I turned to like my dad because you know uh, you know my you know my brother Benny he's getting married next year and I I said I was like if I was into photos and I really wanted some nice photos I would come here and do like I'd dress up a couple days before and come here and do that shit. Yeah. Yeah. When you know? we were there it was probably it was beautiful. Maybe five different you know uh Hispanic families like yeah, doing their keeping Yeah, I would say there photos. was about five yeah for me yeah, too. Yeah. That's a probably every day of the week. Mhm. There's a professional photographer there taking those photos. Yeah. And, and you're like and you're allowed to just pull up. And I think wifey's I think either wifey or sister's photos were there as well. So oh, that's okay. that's like a thing. Okay. That's a thing. Yeah. It was beautiful. But yeah, when you I mean it's a sprawling landscape. It's definitely like I mean, it's multiple acres worth of just the multiple most acres beautifully worth. gardened property. The the actual house was built in two years, but the the garden took like five years. Yeah. No, it was like ten years. Something oh, crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like the, like, there's so many dimensions to it. It's it's really really yeah. Cool. There's a whole rose garden section. Mm -hmm. There's just it's a bunch. It's it's super there's cool. A, there's an or what they called it an the orchid or, or, orchidium or, or yeah or, or something whatever, like that. Or, or, which was a little that was to the, the only, left of the house, right? Yeah, that yeah. was actually the only part that was a little underwhelming was that part because it was just the same like picture orchids. Um, so at least I when I was there, when well, I was, when I was there, there and I have some photos of those too, cause you know, I just like always have to take those photos. Uh, there were a lot of them in bloom when I was there, mm. different species and stuff. 
So maybe it was time of year too. Yeah. But you know, most some most of my orchids are blooming now too. So yeah. But uh, super cool place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really a cool. Lot, a it lot was, of fun. It was yeah. It, go go and check it out if you guys have a chance. It's really cool. That's one of the things I'm going to be doing now. Uh, Pretty uh, pretty much like every weekend now that like, you know I got my second vac shot and you know, I can I don't I'm not fearful to uh, go out into the world anymore. Yeah. Um. Is I've got a bunch of these type of nature things lined up. I want to go to Fairchild's. Mm. I want to do you know Coral Castle. I want to go Big Cypress. Do Everglades. I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I need to get. I I told you I booked my my ticket to Yellowstone. Yeah, you did. You so did, like I'm did. doing a big. I was doing a big nature awakening thing this year. Well, having been locked inside all of last year. Yeah. Well, so that's been one of I think the silver linings of the pandemic is it's spreading everyone out a little bit, reminding everyone that uh, you can go outside and it's and it is 100 percent free. Yeah, nature. Will, nature. Nature's, nature's human, human. Human beings are may not may may be destructive to you, but nature. Yeah, will usually have your back until hurricane season comes around in November. Exactly. So um, that you know, so to, to bring things back, so our Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You had uh, a really cool one. So I came home from mine. I was like, look at this guy. I'm one up in me. Yeah. So <laughs> wifey and I talked about having a, a New Year's resolution where once a month we were basically going to try to go do. Basically, right, what you said, which is that an outdoor or just different experience. We call them like adventure days, and um, you guys have been pretty good about it too. You've, yeah, guys... well, we've done. There's, you know, with the with the house and different things that have happened, we've hit two out of four months so far. So we're gonna try to make up for that. But um, she had set something up. She met uh, this individual at one of her at one of her markets um, a couple months ago in January, and uh, this chick Lacey, who mm-hmm. we met, she is uh an an apiist oh an apiist is someone who bangs uh gorillas no no they basically <laughs> study uh and and they they basically handle bees okay okay so okay, 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 okay. she has her 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 um instagram is zodiac underscore apiaries and okay, what she check does check that out check that out yeah okay. check her out zodiac zodiac underscore apiary? under, yep apiaries, apiaries with okay. an s and uh, super cool chick. Um, uh, wifey had set it up a while back, and we kind of were just waiting to do it. And it's basically like a beehive tour. So we go there. Um, it was I'm down. Like, you know I love honey. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, did you bring me any? Uh, no. Gonna... So she, she, um, she's gonna when she harvests some, she's gonna let uh, us know. Yeah, because you can't and... like just take it like, straight from there. Like, uh, no, no, you, no. You no, no. It's stuff. a whole process. People think it's like you get that honey straight from the bees. It's actually that the honey's like actually not. Yes, that good. <laughs> correct. Well, no, the honey from the bees, we got to try it. It was yeah, the best honey that. I've ever had. It was amazing. But so but we drove, jarring it and, 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 and... Well, the, she was explaining You have to do a couple to, things to it, don't you? No, I don't think so. To make it like uh, last or... Mm-hmm. No? Oh, I thought I always yeah. thought you had to do a couple things no. to it. No, but um, so we went to this nursery where the bees are kept on, on the property uh, you know, she kind of went over what to expect, showed us some photos and all that stuff. You guys were in the full gear. She gave us the full cool. gear. We got to gear up. You guys look badass. Yeah, right? And um, the, the cool thing was is, you know, she had multiple hives there. And we got to open some of the boxes, look at everything. She explained, you know, what was going on with all of it. It was super cool. Uh, the bees were very chill. I almost feel that's like that's what they always kind of say when you're watching that geo. Like they're not like aggressive and going nuts. Well, she, I, the ones we opened specifically, she said were more of the relaxed ones. Um, but they're all Italiano bees, apparently. Okay. Yeah, they're, okay. they're Italian honeybees. 
Okay. And she told us all about the different types. Uh, we got to, I saw the queen. Saw the queen. What was her deal? Uh, she's fucking, yeah, she is fucking sweet. So we got Beyonce? Yeah, she basically was just laying eggs. We saw her laying eggs. Um, she basically bangs out anywhere from 15 to 20 dudes, okay. rips their dick off when they're done. They're bye They're bye bye They're like, thank you. Yeah. They're be bye That's one of the, Ooh, love that. Yeah. They're like, that's like an, like the, those are, isn't it like an Allah situation where like there's 21 virgins waiting for them in be heaven? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, she said buzz off. And then basically, uh, all the women, it's, it's very funny because what I learned is, is that there one to each, like one, there's one queen per hive. That's it. And when you say hive in like those boxes, now, yeah, each box is basically each box a hive. has one. That's it. Cool. And she's doing God's work. She runs that shit. She lays like a thousand to two thousand eggs a day. So she's busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a busy bee. And the women are the one that protect and manufacture like all the honey through the honeycombs. Go get all the do all the work. The guys are just grocery shopping. They do everything. The guys are just basic. The guys are fucking useless. Golly, so it was pretty. I mean, it's just a metaphor for life. It was super cool. So we, you know, that was about an hour, hour and a half, and then we, um, we, she had like a little setup under a tree where we got to kind of just we just like sat and talked to her. Is this a zodiac apiaries? Is it was it just because like you knew her? Does she or can anybody go and do what you know? So you can you can reach out to her on Instagram. Um, You can you can either message her. I think she's also got an email set up. You can you can try to reach out and try to set one up with her. Um, You know, she does it. It's not like a set schedule because she you know, she she does other work. She works at Pinecrest Gardens down in uh, down in Pinecrest. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, So she's a big plant girl as well. Um, She knows all about that stuff. And uh, it was just super cool because we then went and sat with her. She just asked about us because, you know, she made a post and she kind of posted some of what we talked about. And it was just she was really, really cool. Um, She let us try different super rare honeys from all over the world tried one from tasmania tried Whoa. one from japan this is like right up my alley tried one from japan um she might you might have to like Were let you her able know to... let her know your stature before you show up i don't know if you fit in that bee suit no she'll, uh maybe i don't Damn. know she'll probably she can get you an xxl though can i bring my own if you got one yeah she was she she only had like a veil. About, on. I was just about to say like most time those the, the bee actual beekeepers like they're just G's and they just I don't know if they just off an aroma yeah. that they, they don't even fuck with them anymore. Yeah, yeah. So uh super cool experience. Definitely recommend it. Ten out of ten. Um we're definitely gonna be supporting her and whenever she's got some stuff available and, and, and the nursery Casa Planta. Which is down basically in Kendall, which is where it was at. Okay. Go down there, check it out. They had a, a, a big ass selection, and it was super cool. Do you remember would... any of the honeys? Which ones you liked better than the other ones? Uh, all actually, kind of could you could you could you taste the differences? Hundred percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very distinct, different flavors. I tried one from uh, Hawaii. That was really good. She had. Uh, there was a couple other ones because bees are not endangered, but isn't like. The the bees need some like, help. They need help. They need yeah. help. They need help. So we're gonna try to, and that's, you know, and I asked her why does she do this, and it was more of just like a, you know, it's, there's some conservation and activism there too, but it's aren't they just so she, important to like? Yeah. Oh, they're super important, and she's just, you know, she's really passionate about it, and she wants to educate and show people those experiences. And I have a newfound kind of, uh, you know, respect for how that honey gets to that you know uh you know into that jar before it ever gets to you i got to see 
but you know how the sausage is made if you will yeah and it was super cool and so each each box was basically a different zodiac sign so we got to look at i think it was gemini let me see here it was um why was it just because why were that's, they that's i think she's just she, in, okay yeah just, she's just like she's into, into that. astrology um, and stuff like that yeah well either one either way uh oh it was Scorp- scorpio and gemini one of the whichever one we had opened up i think it was gemini that was the best tasting honey i'd ever had in my life really yeah so um definitely super stoked she was super cool, Lacey. Thank you very much, and cool. we're definitely gonna uh, support you as much. I'm gonna as put we that can. on my list too to check yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely put that. Definitely. On my list to check it out. I'll hit her up beforehand to make sure I can fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let her know about that. But uh, yeah, so it looks like we both had um, a really cool little Saturday, and yeah, it, was, man. it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um. So, in keeping with the uh, theme here of Mother Nature. Did you happen to check out this Seaspiracy thing on Netflix? Have you heard about it? Do you know what I'm talking about? What? I I don't know. I did see it on Netflix. Don't know what it's about. Don't know anything. Talk to me. Um. So I checked it out, and it's your typical humans are ruining the world documentary. Mm. Um, which so just I, the antithesis of what we were just... Like, we both had beautiful Saturdays outside. Yeah. Then you came home and watched a, a Netflix doc yeah. about how we're fucking everything up. Right. But this one I thought was a little bit more annoyingly interesting because, you know, with those other ones, those other documentaries that are on Netflix when they talk about, like, you know, red meat and, and things like that and the overconsumption of, like, chicken and chicken farms and all that shit. Mm. There's always... The, at the end of it, there's always like, what's the solution to this then? And obviously in that case, it's like, yo, eat more fucking veggies, you know, yeah. so we're not have to killing, not to kill so many cows and chickens and whatnot. Um, this one was, so it was, this one was about overfishing. Yeah. And just, you know, fish is being killed and the overall, how important the ocean is to you know, humans in the earth, which is like, you kind of already know that, but when you watch this, you're like, okay, holy shit, if the oceans, if we like fuck this ocean up, we're fucked. They're like, yeah, know, it's one of the things like, if you fuck the ocean up, everything on land's fucked. Yeah. It's a weird thing that how, mm-hmm. that, how that works. Yeah, right. But I, so I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, human beings suck. You know, Japan and China is just fucking killing off dolphins and sharks just to eat like, you know, their fins and their fucking dicks or whatever the fuck, just for like, you know, yeah, they cut off people. Yeah, it's shark fin soup. Yeah, they cut them off. They throw it back. It dies. It dies. The the the, the soup has no nutritional value. It's just like a, it's a delicacy. Yeah. So you've got that, and I kind of knew all of that. Um, but then they go into the plastics, mm. and that was an the, interesting the one. The plastic island down in the the Pacific. Yes. And so we'll let's we'll talk about that specifically because you know everyone knows about the plastics, the straws, and fucking turtles' noses and shit, but. You know this, this this documentary really breaks it down to with the microplastics. It's not even the microplastics. The, that's not the problem. They talk about the island. They go that island that where all the plastic is at. Yeah. He goes forty six percent of the plastic in that island of plastic in the middle of the ocean is fishing nets. Yeah. Oh, really? It's not fucking bottles. It's not straws. It's not microplastics. They even talk about the microplastics. Like, how much? How many microplastics are actually like? Like, how? What's the percentage? They're like, it's literally like one okay. percent. So, like, you've got the media. You've got people telling you like, 
get rid of straws and stuff. And really what needs to happen is these fishing vessels need to fucking get their shit right with their fucking... Mm. You need to stop fucking overfishing and then just like, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just run these big nets. They catch all of the shit that's 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 swimming there. Uh, and they then they... Kill they, it, they toss kill it. kill all the, the turtles. And they take only the stuff they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was pretty sad. But the saddest part of the whole thing was, like I said... And, and I don't mean to be a downer of it, but it's just something that I... It was interesting and then just why I think it needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Because we live next to the ocean, so, you know, it's, it's a big business down yeah. here. And so I'm watching. So at this point, I'm just like, okay, humans suck. I got it. What's the solution? Yeah. What can we do? Even not that like maybe I'm going to go out and do it, but I would just like to know what's the solution here. And it was, there was no solution because it just gets into, well, all of these fisheries and all of these like big, big uh, company. Yeah. Big, big fish. They, yeah. Big fish. Let's call it that. um, They are subsidized by all the governments around the world. So even... They're they're making money and the, the and the governments are still giving them money to, yeah. to subsidize because of the amount of you know work or like you know occupy like you yeah know, and, and all the economic stimulus that they bring if they were to shut down of course so it's literally because they were just like well the best thing is like if you just stop eating fish that's what they were saying like just don't eat as much fish and then they won't overfish but then it was like but if you stop eating fish the governments are still going to subsidize these big companies so they're still you're not going to get rid of them and they're still going to do what they're going to do this is like the (laughs) this is the age-old we're already here and every in and to 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 stop this one facet of life we it affects all the facets and we can't stop everything so therefore there's no answer it was there was literally that and it was a sad truth that get that at the end of that document of like there literally was no answer you can stop eating fish but this is what's going to happen or you can keep eating fish and this is what's going to happen yeah and it was exactly. pretty it was pretty it was damned a pretty if big you do bummer. damned if you don't it was a pretty big bummer yeah you know okay so i'm not going to watch that you just told I, me yeah, everything yeah. i need yeah um but if you're if you're interested go ahead and and, and go out there and 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 uh, take a gander. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get bummed out, go check it out. So another uh, s- staying on the Netflix docu- documentaries. Okay. I uh, this week, you know, and I try to, you know, this this podcast keeps me keeps my fingers on the pulse of music, and it, I try to be more engaged and just be a little bit more curious, searching to, for content, searching yeah, for interesting but, things, but things yeah, that are going to move the conversation. Yeah, and um, so there is a. Uh, it's kind of fun. I kind of like. I'm, I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah, right. I, I have this. I share in the same sentiment, obviously. Yeah, and it's it keeps me on like more on my toes and hundred percent always learn always learning and educating myself. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, look, whether you know, it be something stupid like you know a, a Kardashian wedding or like you know dead fish and you know the exactly Galilee. exactly. So I watched uh, Time is Omatic. It was all about Nas's debut album, I, Omatic. Uh, I, Did you I, see it? No, um, I have not. I saw it on there, but I didn't check it out just because I feel like I've I've heard that Illmatic uh, biography. I thought so was, you was know, some good stuff in there though. Yeah, it was super super cool. Um, and once again, kind of like the Biggie documentary. Like you, was I it just on Illmatic? Was it just on just just Illmatic? Okay. Um, and it was super cool because once again, you kind of get, you know, just the unfettered, no d- distillation. It's just Nas talking to the camera. Oh, it's and you don't get, oh, there's a, there's, he's on it. He, his brother's Primo. on it. Uh, so he, we'll talk about Primo, enough? but, uh, it was just super cool because you got to hear Nas talk about it a lot and it's, which he doesn't, and he doesn't really, you know, he's said some other things about Illmatic since then. 
but um, it was very introspective, very serious. Um, they talk about how, you know, he really, you know, at that point in hip hop, it was a lot of like the beginnings were like a lot of glitz and glam and stuff. And he really turned uh, like did a heel turn on that and kind of went in a very dark direction and was trying to do kind of like how Biggie also did the storytelling of trying to put you in the exact place and time of what he was going through. Mm-hmm. He was basically doing that. Was Nas uh, Queens? Uh, or, or, yeah, Queens, Queens yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, it was just super cool because he was talking about, you know, it wasn't balling in the club. It was about navigating the projects as if it was hell and you basically had to, like, survive each day, which we know now is is something that, they, that a lot of people talk about. Mm-hmm. But he was really the first to kind of bring you in and kind of show you and, and through his lyrics really illuminate what it's like to to do that um which i thought was was really cool uh you brought up primo and the interesting part was it's like DJ an hour premier is when we say primo yeah and if you don't know when we say primo who primo is yeah just you shut need the to go fucking d- podcast off now yeah shut the funk up and go listen and go listen to that <laughs> and, go and listen to some gurus go some, and uh, then come back in a star. week yeah. after you're done yeah. and you i'll do primo for you guys as a peacock so you know so there's no yeah. excuses yeah exactly um the funny part about him was uh the, it was like maybe an hour, 20 minutes, hour 30. Mm-hmm. He didn't come in until like way late. Were you waiting the whole time like, where? Yes. <laughs> and it was interesting. So I don't know if there's maybe so, like he was in such a small part of it that I literally was like, is there beef there that I don't know about that? Mm. He I don't know if there's riffs from after the fact or what. But he was he only had like a very small part because Primo was so t- I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm I don't I'm almost positive that he did the whole album. He did not, and so that was, was Mo, is Easy Mo B on some of it. He or? did um, Primo did some of it, um, and just I don't know who did he, they they brought in whoever did the song like they were on it. So another one was um, uh, the world is yours. That mm-hmm. song was actually if you listen to it, the hook is Pete Rock. And Pete Rock is the one who made the beat. Oh, cool. So they had him in there, and it was just super cool, uh, you know, to get his perspective on stuff. And they were always given a little bit of um, just the background on, on each song, because they kind of went through the entire album. Kind of like track list. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, the other thing that was super, super cool, and if you remember the, the infamous college collage that I had, who can I forget? Uh, there's a picture, a black and white picture of Nas uh, at 19 years old when this album came out. I do remember this. And, and I always just remember looking. Young. I just always remember looking and I, I get how goosebumps. Old was, he? was he like seven? How old was he when he did Elmatic? He When it was dropped, he? he was 19 years old. But didn't he start working on it like 17, 18? Yeah. Like oh, that? yeah. Yeah. Like from 16 he and stuff like so that. He so young. And uh, that's the. Baby face. And that's the, the, the gravity of the picture is exactly that. This baby faced young kid kid you listen to that album and that is a grown man's album got and when no you, money in his pocket and when you look at who you know this picture you're just like it's hard to you know fathom and extrapolate that this young man basically made this album mm-hmm. and the coolest part and one of the things that i loved the most was the day the album dropped is when they went to the projects mm-hmm. him and all of his people and 
they took that's from the, that's when that photo shoot was done. Oh, so cool. there's all these old black and white photos. Of so just, they said that in the document, and you're like, oh, should I have that? Yes. Oh, cool, cool. I you, think or they you saw even, the picture. They showed like, the picture, oh. but they also had, you know, kind of like the squad, the squad pictures. Gotta. Of, 30 of them, you know, just kind of all sitting on those park benches together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so cool because it was like, all right, the album's dropping today. They go back, they take these photos, and they're iconic hip, like photos of hip-hop history. Right. So to me, that was just um, super, super cool. Uh, another quick little thing was, I, because I, the next day I listened to the whole album front to back. Got it. And uh, he did use the vernacular of our late great friend Big L, Jakes. Call him Jakes. He was calling him Jakes on that album. And <laughs> we forgot that. I did, well, I it, yeah, we gotta well, bring we, that back. We were talking about it, and we we're yeah. like, we've never heard anyone else say that. But mm. Nas, you know, you know, uh, what you call it? Um, uh, Do we know where that comes from? Do we know what that what that no. is? No, I, would love I need to, to look. There's I'll look that up. I'll look that up. Uh, and then just the uh, just the one last little part of that was uh, my favorite song uh, from that album, which is "One Time for Your Mind." Mm-hmm. And just them talking about all that stuff was just super cool. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It was super super cool. Uh, I need to know more about why Primo was only in such a small segment, and I'm gonna do some digging. Okay. Cool, cool, but cool. Definitely recommend watching it either way. Right, you know, well, you got me interested now. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, if you're a fan of Nas, I mean, this album, this is. There are a couple albums in hip hop history: AT Aliens by Outkast, uh, Ready to Die by by Biggie. You know, Illmatic is another one of those where it you you put it on, and I always used to say you can you can gauge a great album by Back in the day when we were listening to CDs, how few times you had to skip through any songs. Yes. This is a, you put it on, you put the... the, the I the, got it, some, I you have put it somewhere it, in here. Yeah, it's I got it on. I have shout it out to Corey. Vinyl, he, he got yeah. me on vinyl. Uh, it's one of those, though, where it's a, you know, it's, it's just a front-to-back masterpiece. Yes. You don't have to touch it. Turn it on and put your phone down. Turn it on, put your phone down, put the headphones on, and if you really want to get froggy, grab a pencil and paper. There you go. You know. So yeah, that's just my uh, my little recap of that. It was cool. great. Uh, definitely go check it out. Super sweet. Cool, cool, cool. Um, we gotta, we have to do it. We gotta just, do we have to just brush over real quick. Not that there's you know tremendous uh, things to really say about it, but the Derek Chauvin trial. Mm-hmm. George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker guilty as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say. Um, I have to say that I was definitely one of the people that thought he was going to get away with it. I definitely, if I was in Vegas putting money on it, I would have put money on that he was not going to get uh, all three. And that was the, the sad part about that is your preconceived notion of why he was going to get away is because there's been so many before that did get away. Just seen it so many times. So mm-hmm. I was I was actually surprised that they actually threw the fucking book at him. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, even more surprising, have those other officers, uh, you know, because that's really what you don't see is you don't see the your fellow those fellow. What's the what's the what's the word that they called like where they always stick to, like all those officers always stick together. It's called it's called like you know never like cross the, the blue line or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, like the brother in arms, whatever yeah. bullshit. Well, their trial is still their that. trial is has not started yet for the other guys. They're 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 fine. We'll see what happens with with that. Um, 
to me, they know, should be just as fucked, but that's, you know, a whole yeah, other story. And I think they were even saying that it's going to be difficult because he was guilty for them to also. Well, he's going to be the martyr. Like, not, I hate yeah. to use the word martyr, but because uh, yeah. it's not a martyr. Um, no. But he's going to be the face of it that, that takes the hit for everybody. Yeah. And the sad part, too, is, you know, a lot of people were applauding about it after the fact. You know, the justice was, was made for it, but. The, the fact of the matter is this man murdered someone in front of everyone and on camera, and we shouldn't have been really happy that that it took all this time for that result to occur. Uh-huh. We should be thankful that the justice system worked correctly this time. Um, throw him in fucking jail until he rots. And that's, you know, that's next, accountability, though. That's, that's accountability. Next, that's the next step. That'll be interesting to see what the judge actually gives him, mm-hmm. because then that, like, you know, how far, how long he goes into jail is up to the judge. Now the judge, the judge gets to sit there and, uh, you know, parse through how is this guy really a shitty person and like uh, see how much they really want to give him. That'll yeah, be interesting. So it's not over. Um, and then, of course, you know, we've seen since since even that that came out. Other, put, other put that boy, have... put that boy Derek though in Gen Pop in prison. See what happens because you know you know they're gonna have him sequestered. Yeah, I would <laughs> for say, a while. I've been, I've been, they, you know they'll never, they'll never put his ass. That, in there. uh, it, that, like, that. Here's what happens though. He's gonna get put some in some dark little dank corner, some little hole. And I just know, other, I yeah. know that maybe he will be separated. But guess what? Everyone's there'll long. be one point he'll have to pop out, go down some hallway, go down some shower. And guess one what? Of the other room, well, one of the Someone, inmates uh, paid off one of the guards to like go take a go take a nap for ten seconds. And I go I think turn the, off the fucking the, the street justice will probably uh, take care of itself. I hate to say it, but I hope so. You know? Yeah, I, I don't. It's, you know, like, I don't like talking about, but like honestly, the guy's a piece of shit. And I don't want it to come off like we're doing any cop bashing here because, you know, for all the, the, the people that are doing their job the right way, it's this just is not... someone that you don't even want to be associated with. And hopefully you feel the same way as we do because this is what's supposed to happen when you do things like that. Yeah. And, and it's not that we're like you said, yeah, let's let's back that up because it's not like we're cop bashing and we want like bad things to happen. Cop I'll say the same thing about a fucking rapist, yep. about some guy that's because that's what happens with these like, you know, trials is these guys, they get convicted. And then they get sent and they're sequestered on the other side of the prison. They don't ever get into Gen Pop, and they don't ever get to feel that like that wrath of actual prison, which is not fair. Because well, they they should just like everyone else, just like all the the drug the guy that sold fucking cocaine and, and, and weed. He's in Gen Pop feeling that fucking feeling feeling how it is over there. He's got to fucking survive. This is what I hope happens. Is that I want you, I want Derek Chauvin to be able to go survive. The the remainder of his time, which hopefully will be for the rest of his life, hopefully he will be on edge, he will be anxious, and he will be looking over his shoulder the same way that the people that he treated out uh, in the streets the way he shouldn't have yep. have to do every single day of their lives. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he gets a little taste of what that life is like. Because there are our, our black and brown brothers and sisters out there mm-hmm. that have to deal with that every single day. And, yep. and, and he and He's, most of us have no idea what it's like for them to have to deal with that. Nope. So, you know, hopefully he'll get a little little taste of that and, and uh, we'll see what happens. This was something I was thinking about, too. Um, what do you th- what do you think the uh, how do you think the guards in the prison? Do you think they what side do you think they take? You know, it's because it I was talking to somebody and I was like, "Oh, I bet the guards like think he's a piece of shit too." But the person I was talking to said, "No, nah, I don't think so." 
Well, I don't, what you do know, you I, think? I, I, I don't want to speculate. I'm sure there's plenty of guards, uh, you know, I, to me, they're almost an extension of the police. It's like they're not police, but they're not, you know, but to me, they, they fall under the same category of like the servant protection. Do you think situation. that they, they give them a little bit? There's like, oh, they don't treat them as shitty as the other ones. The problem is this. I is, think they would. This has all been attached and politicized so much to just where you fall politically. Yeah, unfortunately. So it's like, yeah, it's like wherever a, that prison guard probably falls in yeah, his life outside of the prison, right. yep. whatever they feel or whatever their preconceived thoughts are, you're probably is right. probably how they view Unfor- this. You yeah, know? unfortunately, you're probably right. If that if that, if that warden or if that guard is like, you know, leans right, they're probably like... And yeah. I'm sure there's some prison guards that think he's a total piece of shit yeah. and can't wait to look the other direction. Yep. And I'm sure there's some that are that are... Waving the you know the flag out there for him, saying, "Hey, why is this guy even here?" Yeah, he was just doing his job. Yeah, and um, that's that's not doing your job. Um, so yeah, just just how we we you know it happened this week, so we had it we had a brush over, we had to talk about it. I, yeah. I, I it's I, important. I wanted to, yeah, I, I I told you I wanted to like at least talk. I know there's no, there's nothing there was nothing that we were gonna say that was gonna be electrifying and new. Mm-mm. You know, some type of different cool take. But it's it's important. It had to be talked about, and uh... and hopefully I'll, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll finish it on this. Hopefully this can be a catalyst for um, everyone on both sides just agreeing that there needs to be more accountability uh, and support and just civilian oversight, and that hopefully that was one because of, the, of a terrible thing we yeah, can move forward. That was one of the big things that I really got from the honesty of the trial was how. In, I never thought about it, but it was obvious. But I never thought about it. How important it was for those those civilians, like you said, that were there that took their phone out and pressed record for nine minutes. That video and was sat a, there. That was a seventeen year old girl. Yeah, who took that video? Yeah, I saw that same article. I think that we probably both read, and I was like, you know what? Never really thought about that. It's an obvious thing, but never really thought how much. How impactful that what she did to That'll, sit there yeah. and and document that because th- that those was people huge. will live with that for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because I because I sat there and thought about that. I was like, you know what? They're kind of right. Like I don't know. Like if that was me, like I maybe after four minutes, I might have like stopped recording and walked away and called the cops, or I would have. You know, well, like what I sat there, there was people and, there, there, you know, who literally and just been like the cops. On I would. That's what I'm saying. Like I, yeah. I was like, I bet I maybe I would have turned it off and charged or like, ah, you know, but they sat there and they recorded for 10 fucking minutes. Yeah. Which was really crucial to the whole entire uh, trial. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's society slowly semi doing the right thing. It's this, this type of stuff takes from what, you know, we thought would be a galvanizing or catalyst that, Things don't change right away. Um, hopefully, this will yeah. this will hopefully move things towards the right direction, maybe a little quicker. But this is generational type stuff. Mm-hmm. This was a very important thing that 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 happened, and um, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, now I want to do one more thing here. Yeah. Um, before we get into the peacock. All right, what you got? Um, did you check out this uh, drone QR code thing out in Japan? No. Did you I, see this? I'm, I'm flying this blind right like, here. This was the most interesting thing in the week to Alex. Okay. Uh, this was really cool. I work 
my job is marketing, so I'm always very, I always pay attention to advertising and marketing and things like that. And in Japan, these, they got like, I don't know, a fuck ton of drones that light up at night. They have lights and they, in like one of like the major cities in Japan, they shot up a QR, like all the drones like lined up. Yeah. And that, and it created this QR code. Oh. And you. For what? And what was it for? It was for um, a uh, an app that gives you all these different types of games. You can play games. Damn. Yeah. And That's dope. That's dope. Dope. And I, it just got me thinking. I'm like, this is the future of fucking marketing right here, man. You walk around the city and you look up and you put, and then you, you point your fucking phone at it and it automatically sends you to like that. Like that's the future of marketing. Have you seen? You look some, up and point your thing and it takes you to like you know Marie Stouffer's fucking you know buy one get one. <laughs> it better Whatever. be a, it better you know, no it better be a bogo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen it, it, just cool in the same uh, the same pocket there uh, the just the shows. That the drones do all different, yes. like, like they'll do like these crazy shows mm-hmm. where it's almost like a firework show, but mm-hmm. it's drones instead. Right. But that's that's so cool. And of clever. Course it was, you said Japan, intuitive. right? Intuitive. Yes. They're always ahead of us on uh, shit like always. that. Always. On the future. Absolutely you know? intuitive. Absolutely so clever. So creative. I I, I was just, cause just because I, I automatically go okay if I'm walking through the park and I look up and I see that and it's it's at night because it's that's yeah light, of course yeah, yeah yeah. So I'm just like, if I'm walking through like you know the city, I look up and see that I'm fucking taking my phone out and I'm fucking pointing it at that. And I'm downloading that app and, and if buying I'm even, stuff and, right And if then. I'm even semi into games, I'm fucking downloading that app. Hundred percent. It's I was like, what a marketing ploy. I loved it. I yeah, thought it I need was to brilliant. see a photo of that. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk about that just because I was like, that's those are the little things that you see now, guys. That in five years, that's the future, man. That's, that's your the your advertisements are not going to be on fucking. Uh, that's definitely Comcast a, a and little AT&T. look into the future. For yeah, sure. that's for sure. how you're going to be getting your advertisements. These guys are creative. They're smart, yo. They they know you're going to be. You're already bored of the commercials. They know that shit. You're, they know you're already getting bored of the advertisements that are when you scroll on your Instagram. They already know that. This is the way that they're, they're going to keep you intrigued and go. Oh, what's that? It never amazes me, especially like you said, Japan and all those places. It's just you know they're 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 always thinking ahead, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where that technology goes, like just drones in general. You well, know, it's always hard to think. It's like how far can you go with this? But clearly, you can always. There's always. Well, there'll be you know you'll start be you'll be getting those Amazon packages that just like you know. Yep. The, the the from wherever the distribution site is and they just shoot up and it's over at your house in an hour and like the days that they can't deliver are like what the high wind days you know like that's what happens i have a drone i've never even opened it up and tried it no yeah we should pop that puppy we out should i have it i have one it's i got it as a present it's in like this cool ass case i've never even opened it uh Mikey Pereira let me let me drive his around in the keys is it cool it's gotta be cool it was cool Chief Rills, no no it's cool um Exactly kind of what you were talking about, though, is as I was, like, playing around with it, I'm just like, this is going to be the future. Yeah. Like, I'm playing with a rudimentary... What did we grow up playing with? You know, we had remote control, a wiffle ball. Radio Shack. Or, a wiffle yeah. ball. Our kids are going to be like... We used to, at camp, we'll just at camp, we used to just yeah. take a bucket and go and put it on the other side of the road and throw rocks into it. That's all you do. Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like when I was little, like my toy was literally a pencil and like a ruler, and I would stick my my pencil through like the little hole in the end of the ruler and just twirl it around. At camp, we would play a game <laughs> called Rock. You would stand on either yeah. you know forty feet away from each other, and you would throw rocks at each other, and you couldn't move. 
that's that's the cheap thrills and we were in pig shit heaven yeah that (laughs) was it didn't get any better foursquare get the fuck out of here it's and i'm i'm curious about your viewpoint i think we usually uh in the venn diagram our venn diagram is basically just one giant circle that basically is the same thing right um i think you'll feel the same way but like as things get more technologically advanced, do you not find yourself starting to actually retreat away from it instead of trying to keep up with it? Uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion where, like, I feel like when we were younger, as things were, uh, you know, being created, you were staying on top of the latest, greatest stuff. Where now, I realize that, especially like these young kids and TikTok, like, I'm not even trying or wanting to get in on any of that, and I well, don't. Is I, it be? But that's because no, that's an interesting, uh, you know, thought that you bring up. Is it be? Do you say? Do you think it's because we don't want to learn, or we just like kind of don't see that as like most important to us now? I would say the latter. It's not um, that I don't want to learn anymore because. The, I don't know, the way I think about it is, like, even when we were in college, like, and Twitter was coming out, I mean, Facebook, I never was into Facebook. You were, no, I will say this, you, know, you like, were, I, you I, were I think, much less than me, Yeah, for sure, with just I knew about it, but I just didn't have an interest presence. in it. It wasn't that I didn't want to learn it. Yeah, but to me, it's, once again, it kind of goes back to vanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and you and I both... I, when I look at a lot of this stuff that's going on in, in um, TikTok and stuff like that, to me, that's that attention-seeking behavior yes. that I have no that one more so than use for, yeah. and I don't need that validation. So mm. I'm not in a position where I think that, that that's not important to me, yeah. and the, the older I get, the less important well, that take becomes. Well, take a look at your Instagram. You can see, see exactly what's important to you, you know, the things that you post, your plants, and, you know, your yeah. house, your dog, like, you know, your wife. Yeah. Like, those are things, like, it's, there's no vanity in any of those. Yeah, and you'll never see, or you don't see, like, the, the camera turn back at me. At the club, sipping, or I, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, means. or just, like, look at what I have, you know, and I think as we get older, when you know, almost the simplistic way of life actually becomes more important. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're going to be less engaged. So I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know if that's something where, you know, we're just getting older and we're getting left behind or if that's just. I've thought about that and I don't think that I, I, I'm getting left behind. I just don't have an interest in it. And if you want to call it getting left behind, then I'm okay with being left behind. That's where I was because actually angling this is maybe I'm because, fine. Maybe because back to a, like you said, like a simplistic thing. Like I, I'm, 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 it's one of the things I've learned in the last couple of years. I'm a very simplistic person. Like, I don't like to muddy up things. I, to me, I want to get to the straightest line to the solution. What's the problem? What's the solution? Let's take the straightest line to that. Yeah. I, well, I just think that, like, the things that maybe were not as important to us when, you know, we were away at college and some of that technology started to come out, you know, Facebook. I mean, we were the Facebook generation where you had to have you a, had to uh, have you had to have the college. university yeah. email to even get or on you, it. Or you couldn't get in. Yeah. Or you couldn't get in it. So, <laughs> I tell people, I always tell, I tell like people that all the time, they're like, what if it's like, oh yeah, when I, I can remember being a high school senior and like you couldn't get waiting, on it until you had the waiting email. to go like ah oh, well next year I'm gonna have that uh, at UNF yeah and I then I can get Facebook finally so I think just <laughs> it's one of those things where you know the things that are important to us family and and just spending quality time with one another is the the juxtaposition of what all that technology is about your face is in your phone you're doing things about mm-hmm. you looking at you and it's just like that's not what we want to do anymore no yeah so. No. 
but to put a bow on that, I'm totally comfortable and and almost happier when when I get to put it away or not not be on my phone and 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 doing any of those things. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, you know me. I'm so fine. now <laughs> I, to to bring it back to what you were saying, I'm not downloading the the app that the drone was telling me to get. No, I wouldn't either. I thought I re- I thought but about it. It's cool. It's. Cool. I'm taking a picture of it and I'm probably showing you later. If but it, I'm not. I'm if not, it was a like, I'm not like a gamer thing. Like I bet like you know Ben would probably like take a picture of it and he would probably download it. If it was but a like, QR if, but if it code was like, for a nursery, yeah, maybe yeah, I'll exactly. see what kind of deals there are on right. on some new you know plumerias. Yeah, if it was some music discovery news website, I'd be like, oh. Oh, this is a definite download for me. Yeah. But in, in, in boom, your advertisement works. Good job, guys. Yeah. You got me. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm ready. I am ready to let's get into Zipika. Mm. So, your peacock this week is uh, Robert Fripp. Robert Fripp. How many peas are in there? You two peas. Oh uh, well, two peas. Yeah, two, two peas. Yeah, definitely two peas. Robert Fripp is your peacock. As always, everyone, go check out the Spotify. Yada yada yada. I mean, how many times do I have to keep saying? It? I just, I just got to I kind of just keep saying it every time. For the so source of professionalism, you have to go check out the uh, Peacocks and Music playlist on Spotify. It's all there. All the stuff we talk about, it's all there. It's all groovy. It's cool shit. Be one of the many followers of the playlist. If not, um, yeah, man. Shut keep the fuck listening up. to your Katy Perry loser. <laughs> Perfectly put. <laughs> yeah. So Robert Fripps, uh still alive, born May 16, 1946. What does that make him like 70? It always feels it always oh, 46 would 74? be would be 50, 74? 74, right? I think so. Something 54. like that. Uh, uh just a quick note. I always feel like a little sense of a victory. There's always a W when they're still alive. It's Whenever a, you don't have to put a death date in there, I feel better. It's always a victory when I'm, yeah, when I'm doing these and the person's born in the 50s or 60s and they're still alive. I'm just like, good for you, bud. Yeah, you yeah, made it. Yeah. Um, guitarist, songwriter, um, leading leader and founding member of the, the wondrous progressive prog rock, progressive rock, prog rock, however you want to say it, uh, band King Crimson. King Crimson. King Crimson. Crazy heady band. Blank stare over here. You're going to have next week's Janitor Closet is going to be fun for you. I, I and let me just say very quickly. <laughs> this one's gonna turn a lot of people. The peacocks, when I know nothing about them, to me are much more fun the the next week because mm-hmm. you've basically put me, you've given me like my pickaxe and my little my <laughs> yeah. helmet with my one light on it. And you're like, yeah. go uh, go find, Have go find it. me some gems. Have at it, bud. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, born in Wimborne Minster in Dorset, England. Mm. Um, began playing the guitar at the age of eleven. Uh, so does he fall in with like all this other, uh, all the other yeah. rockers? The UK. This is a UK rocker of uh, yep. the stature of all the other. Yeah, he was the right pantheon. There. He was with all those other guys there, all those those stones, all those other guys there. But he 
did a whole different. He was doing the prog rock thing. He was doing a whole. So when these guys, let me ask you this: So when these guys were kind of looking uh, west towards us over in America, this guy was looking east. This, yeah, this guy could give two shits. He was looking more towards Europe, whereas yeah. these guys were looking more towards mm-hmm. the blues and the mm-hmm. rock and roll of, yeah, of he, Western civilization. He, exactly. Right? Exactly. He was rooted in jazz and like experimental and like crazy weird sounds and cool. I love this then. Yeah. So. It was in various jazz bands as all as whenever you hear any of these peacocks and then the guys are from England, they're always in jazz bands before they're in their rock. Bands I love that because jazz was so huge in England. But also, jazz did kind of precede like the, like jazz was clearly around like early 1900s where rock and roll became late 40s, yes. like 50s, 60s, right? and it was a prerequisite. It was like, oh, yeah. you want to be a musician, then you need to be classically trained, and the classically trained is mean. Jazz. Yeah. You need to learn the roots. You need to, like, there was no, like you said, there really wasn't rock. So there was only jazz. I love that, though. Yeah. So, uh, fast forward, he's going back and forth from college and, and you know, in between, you know, summer breaks and stuff like that. And um, I think it was Radio Luxembourg or Radio, something like that. Radio Luxembourg, some big radio station in England. And he hears the song A Day in the Life. By the Beatles, which is the last song, I believe, off of uh, the Sgt. Pepper's album. Mm. Um, it's an incredible song. It's it's actually on the Peacock, too, so you can check it out. Um, and it's the song is uh, it has about three different songs within the song. Sgt. Pepper's uh, top five uh, uh, album cover? Yeah, yeah. That's maybe not top yeah. five. That's a top ten, though, right? Yes, absolutely. I, That's a classic. It was it was a classic, and it also was such a uh, influential cover. So many other bands like that. What, what was the the Rolling Stones? The uh, the Magistries, um, the one with the, the the thing on the front where when you looked at it from different angles, it changed. Yeah, that was like the Rolling Stones like answer to Sgt. Pepper's. It was like I'll give you that Sir was Magistri- What's the name, Sir Magistries? Uh, yeah, that's all you. Yeah. But that's like that's like the we're gonna sh- put the whole gang on the front. Mm-hmm. Just let me. I'll bring it up even much more more uh, um, contemporary for you to pimp a butterfly right there you go that just just the version like that album is what permeated through all the years mm-hmm. to like say hey we're gonna we're gonna do something like this yeah yes. put everyone on put everyone on the cover so that song when he heard that song that changed his whole mindset of rock and music for him and you'll hear it in all of his songs because his songs it's it's prog rock so a lot of, that's the one hump that you guys are gonna have to like get over and you're probably not gonna like really dig about this this week's peacock is there's that we got seven eight minute fucking nine minute songs in there and they're fucking journeys they're fucking wild they're out there they're super experimental and you're gonna want to like hit the next button but He's a peacock for this reason because he, King Crimson is literally the, the de facto like godfather of prog rock. Like their first album was, is like the Bible for all prog rock musicians to going forward, like Jeff Beck and, and all so of them. And so prog rock is, I don't want to say that's a new term for me per se, but um, so if we go and listen to this first album by King Crimson, 
that's really going to give us the 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 legend or the map of what that type of music is. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You're, it's 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 there's there 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 nine minute songs with songs within songs, which with, is my I with, you know that's right up my alley. Yeah, with, my favorite with soundscapes and poetries and cosmic elements to it. It's progress. It's progressive rock. That's, which is also kind of a very jazz thing too. Yes, it's like exactly. there's a tempo here. Do whatever the funk you want in between, mm-hmm. but just tie it back in when you're supposed to. Exactly. Sonically. Yeah. You know? So um, that changes the a lot for him. So he really starts going down that rabbit hole of like, you know, songs within songs and really pushing the meaning of rock and roll pop songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hooks up with uh, a couple of musicians, Ian McDonald, Pete Sinfield, and Greg Lake, which later Greg Lake will leave the band and get mm. and and start the band Emerson Lake and Palmer mm. which you might have you might have heard of them yes, they, they, yeah um and that's that's what that's what they that that those those four guys create King Crimson um they put out that first album in 1968 uh in the court of King Crimson um the actually so it, that's the album we need to. That's the album that we need to. Okay. And, and now that we, I, we didn't even really mean to do this, but talking about album covers, that album cover is an album cover that you have seen before. Mm. That when you look, when you see it, when you look, when you when it comes up on on the PlayStation, you go, "Oh shit, I know, I know that album cover." You you won't you won't you didn't know that it was King Crimson, but you'll know it. Yeah, look. It I'm up. pulling it's, it up right now. It's the now. big cartoon face of a guy. It's like you've seen it in every single person's record collection, and it's like it's called "In the Court of King Crimson." Yes. <laughs> yes. Have you seen that one before? Yeah, yeah. You, I you've have. seen it in your father's and your uncle's, you know, record collection. That's exactly where. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you might not have owned it, but when you were digging through you've your dad's it. shit, mm-hmm. that's where you saw. You've it. seen it before. So it was like it's pretty much the most influential album in the history of prog rock. It was like like I said, it was the it was the first, you know, uh, what what like blueprint, if you will. Yeah. Um. So at the end of that first album, they went on tour. At the end of the American tour, they broke up. This pretty much uh, begins uh, the revolving door so it was of musicians. A, so the band was still a band, but the basically the members quit. The members quit, and the way that like the story kind of goes is actually, um, you know, they just kind of weren't getting along, or for whatever it was. And actually, Robert Fripp actually was just such a cool, humble guy. He actually went to like Ian McDonald and Greg Lake, and was like, honestly, I'll leave the band. If it keeps the band together, keeps King Crimson oh, together. Oh, so he even, yeah, yeah he tried. And, and, it, and it was one of those cool things, very rare things in rock and roll, where actually Greg Lake and Ian McDonald went back to him, and they, and they said to him, actually, we think that you're, the Fripp sound is the most overbearing sound within this band, and we're going to leave. Wow. And they left. So of the hundred other times that we would talk about a band squabble, and he was remember even Devo last week? Yes. Where they they were fighting with was their manager? The manager, well Bobby Lewis? Yeah. Some Lewis, some So yeah. this is kind of the antithesis of that. It's like yeah. it's like the one happy story like breakup. Where yeah. they both were just like, eh, like this is both gonna you, this isn't working, we're gonna go our separate ways. No hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. and the other but there actually, you know what? We need to remove ourselves. Like you're actually your sound, you the the, the, the things that you're doing in the studio because he was a big composer. So what you're saying, kind of also too, is that 
the sound that was created by that band is so associated with him that the band could not continue going on without him because everyone would have just thought of him. Well, so it, they it, they stepped away so that he could continue. Well, and that. it's one of those moves because it, it made me think. I'm just like, wait, was was Fripp doing a little mind fuck, and he actually knew that he was an integral part of the sound, and he was like, you know what, guys, I'll go. And then they, but but the guy, other guys in the band knew. Oh shit! If this guy leaves, and then we go to put out another album, the audience is gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" Just playing checkers or chess while yeah. he's playing checkers. <laughs> so that was one of the things I was like, maybe he fucking knew what he was doing, you know? I love that. Maybe he wasn't so humble. So whatever, just something, just a little little thing there. Um, so this was one of the main reasons why I wanted to do Robert Fripp as a Peacock because King Crimson yes was a very cool prog rock band prog rock is just really not the most uh, um, uh, popular type of music uh, rock and roll especially out there it's it's very heady it's very hard to, for the common folk to wrap their head around but this this nugget right here is why I wanted to to give him the peacock status he created a studio effect that is now known as flippertronics flippertronics yeah frip or I'm sorry frippertronics okay. sorry <laughs> sorry frippertronics yeah. frippertronics and it's basically the tape delay but the tape delay as most studio and engineers and people know now the tape delay is a common thing in all studios now in 1971 it was not fucking no one did this no one there was no delay there was no tape delay so this falls in the in the category of i don't really want to use pink floyd but we'll we'll go with some of those like uh i I don't want to even say temperton but maybe some of those other people that were just experimenting with sounds yes and because of that experimentation it birthed a whole new way of Kind yes, of recording. Right. So he hooks up. It's 1971. He hooks up with Brian Eno. And Brian Eno is also a very techie guy. He was the pretty much the guy in Roxy Music. That's a band. Incredible band. Um, and Brian Eno is a big, big electronics tech guy. Since there's sort of coming out. he When Since came out, he like jumped on him immediately. Mm. He was, um, and he did some other production was, and well, other well, remember, for other peacocks. Well, remember I told you last week. That's why I was thank you for that's thank you for the segue there. He was the guy when I was telling you about Diva when they got signed to Warner Brothers and David Bowie was supposed to produce their album, but then David Bowie got into it with Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers oh, dropped David Bowie. There you go. Brian Eno was the one that stepped in. There you go. And produced Devo's first album. Then remember we talked about what what it would have been like if, if Bowie yeah. did it. Yeah. So but Brian, he was that synth that synth. He was that the, guy. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So him and Brian, you know, uh, hook up in 1971 to do an album together. And this is when they, de- they develop this uh, Friptronics thing. And it's basically, basically the way they did it, this, this thing right here that, that, is, that is always our centerpiece of mm-hmm. the podcast, this is a reel-to-reel. This is one of the very early on things that they used to record. Okay. So what he did was they took two of these and... Uh, for the audience out there, just to kind of visualize you, the reel-to-reel is like those things that you see in the old uh, documentaries of basically two what looks like projection. I was about to say it almost looks like as if you were putting a projector on for a it's movie. A really big cassette, but tape. a smaller, it's but a really, smaller yeah, version really, of yeah. that. Yeah. So they had two of these machines, and these are recording machines. And what he would do is he would plug his guitar into one, and then the tape would record it, and then it would come come out instead of instead of 
you know, recording still over to the second reel here, it would just go into the other machine, the other mm -hmm. reel to reel, and that one would not record. That one would just be strictly just for sound, and it would that one would would whatever this thing recorded, it would shoot into this one, and then this one would shoot what you recorded back into this one, creating a delay. And wow. however long, however far away these two machines were from each other was how long the delay was. So if you had like, the, the, uh, however, if you know however, however long the tape was far from each other, you'd, you'd have a three second delay. So they would experiment with moving the, the, the two machines mm -hmm. further closer and This together. was the first time you had delays. There Got was it. no such thing as delays back then. You had echoes, but you didn't have delays. Got it. Got it. So he was the first, him and Brian Eno were the first to develop this tape delay sound using these dual reel-to-reel uh, -reel instruments. And it fucking not only changed the game of recording, but it really constituted the sound of prog rock. You know, Got it. getting that. So that was called Frippertronics. That was the, that. That's really the main reason why this guy I want to give him as, as a peacock because he revolutionized, you know, recording sound studios and just when you when you're a genius like that when you can think two steps ahead of everyone and say because that it's like that what Einstein always says with curiosity. You know, like when you're inventing things, you have to see things so far in the future that are not even they're not even possible, but you have to see. That they can be possible, and mm -hmm. you make, and then you make that invention to make, to come to get to that point, and that's yeah. what he they were just like. Well, let's try that, and and they did it. Well, the other cool thing too was if if we just think about the birth of rock and roll and where things were at technologically, you know, there it it started simple sim, simple like you know where they would you know they had amplifiers and they would play their music, and then the recording technology got a little bit better to give them electronically as well. Mm -hmm. So it started giving them more avenues to basically, like you said, record, play different music, hang the mic up like this, do right, this. Right, right. And that's what chamber. Exactly. Yeah. So, and uh, like Phil Spector, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he, he's, he's on my list of peacocks. I'm just like, I, I, just, I just keep putting him on the back burner because it's going to be such an intense episode. Yeah. <laughs> he's on my list. I'm just like, I want to do him so bad, but I'm just like, He's gonna. He might be like a dual episode guy. Yeah. There's there's a lot there's a lot in the in the, there's a lot of jelly in those donuts, but um and so one of the one of the tracks that I added to the Peacock so with this Frippertronics that we're talking about so if you're interested in this Frippertronics sound and what it actually sounds like, um go to the track um on the Peacocks and music it's called uh the Heavenly Music Corporation that's the name of the song it's off of the album that Fripp and Eno did together in 1971 and that song is. Put the headphones on and you can hear what we're talking about with the Frippertronics. Got it. Yeah. So, um, just to uh, kind of, uh, you know, he King Crimson, like, like I said, prog rock was such a heady type of music. It really it was not a popular music. Prog rock was not popular music. The bands that were prog rock musicians were not popular. You know, Brian Auger. But they had things. their following, right? They had their following. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't mainstream. No, not at all. I mean, bro, you got, you got fucking 10-minute tracks and shit going on here. Yeah. So. That's not really like a... Like, you know, for people creating music, it was mm -hmm. like there is a uh, there's a formula. It's very formulaic. Yeah, especially that. So yeah. you need to have you know your chorus, verse, chorus, yeah. verse, chorus. So he, um, you know, Fripp, he he was he he basically you know he was he's King Crimson. Like there was a like I said, a revolving door of band members that came in and out. They you know they were putting out albums like all crazy cool stuff. He he collabed with a lot of cool people. Collabed with, with Bowie. 
collabed with Peter Gabriel, collabed with Hall and Oates. Mm. He's got a bunch of people he collabed with. Um, I threw a lot of those little uh, little nuggets of who he collabed with. On, Perfect. Uh, like he, uh, I don't know if you know the song Heroes with David Bowie. Mm, um, I'd have to probably you'll hear know it. it. I was about to say, it. Bowie's one of those where I know the songs, work. but it's like, I don't yeah. always know all the He the, does the, the guitar names. work on that song. It's, 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 it's great. It's beautiful stuff. But one of the other, one of the last things I wanted to hit on here that I thought was pretty interesting was he took a sabbatical, uh, like in the seventies for about five years and he just got real heady and real into this Russian, um, I guess you would call him a. I got it right here for you. Yeah, George Gerd Gurdjieff. What did you look? Did you, I asked you to look it up before we got. He into is it. a Gurdjieff. Russian. Oh, well, how do you? What's the? You have uh, the, the phonetic I mean, spelling there. I mean, George George Ivanovich Gerd Gurdjieff is what I would say. Sounds right. Uh, Russian philosopher, mystic, spiritual teacher, and composer of Armenian and Greek descent. Uh, you know, born in Russia. Yeah. So, I looked at, and then he had a pretty crazy philosophy. I wanted you. That's <laughs> I have what it. I, I have it right here. Read was like kind of like what his philosophy was, and he not only was it a philosophy, he kind of had a whole religion of like how to achieve this philosophy. So it says here, uh, Gurdjieff taught that most humans do not possess a unified consciousness and thus live their lives in a state of hypnotic quotes waking sleep, but that. It is a it's a but that it is possible to awaken to a higher state of consciousness and achieve full human potential. Uh, Gurdjieff described a method attempting to do so, calling the discipline the work. The work. Yes. If you put in like the work or the system, you could you can you can start to begin. You can start to climb and get, and get these higher states of consciousness. Uh, he said, Gurdjieff he method method for awakening one's consciousness unites the methods of uh, I'm going to butcher some of these Fakir monk and yogi and thus he referred to it as the fourth way yes so a very heady stuff very crazy and and frip was really it was it's kind of like it's like a philosophy but it's almost like kind of like a, a religion yeah and he was really really into it he was like all about you know gaining that higher consciousness you know becoming a better human being then then that's what that's what's laying dormant inside of you um, so I thought the George thing was really cool. I like that type of like, you know, I like that type of like thinking. Well, it's just cool you know when I mean? people, it's Some not people, like, you know, where'd you get your inspiration? And people are just like, yeah, man, I just felt the music within. Right. Like, yeah. nah, this guy's got like some some kind of like ethos behind why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah. You know, some people that were thought provoking and and, yes. and and trying to open his mind up in in which he then tries to open yours up. Yeah, so I really like that type of stuff. I like that, like, that conversation bending type of, you know, like, thought processes. Like, I like those type of things. I don't necessarily believe in it, but, like, I think there's there's, there's something there's something around it. Yeah, I, I, I look, uh, I like all those deep dives into stuff like that because it gives a little bit more perspective and it, 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 adds, it adds depth to these people. Yeah.
So that's your Peacock, Robert Fripp. Go check him out. Um, mm, you know, I got guitarist of King Crimson. Uh, very groovy guy. Very really queer. The the Peacock. When you listen to the music, it's gonna flip you out. You're probably gonna be like, "Holy crap, Alex! You went like crazy too, too deep on this one." But um, sometimes you sometimes you gotta touch the bottom of the deep end. So this is uh, episode fourteen. So we have um, this is our our fourteenth Peacock. So we need two more. After two more episodes, we can officially do our first we, hell yeah, 16 we have, that's seed right, we bracket. bracket. So I have a feeling Fripp will probably be a lower seed, but might his yeah. team his team might actually show out a little bit with that defense. Yeah, and and the way they run the floor. Let's see how and let's the way the, they space yeah, it. You know, Frippertronics. If it's if it's uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see where he ends up. You know, how right. how he competes. Yeah, let's say that. So that's your Peacock. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, go check it out. Like I said, uh, Peacock's and Music, it's on Spotify. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I want to uh, I want to just roll right into... I just want to roll right into this. Let's I had it. these written down. I was, uh, I was, a, little, I was a little high the, a few weeks ago, and I just started like throwing down questions. Because I know, I think one time you you hit me with a... Uh, the this a or that segment. of questions, right. So I got some for you. Oh, okay. Some of them, some of them they're not as, they weren't as, e- they weren't as um, easy going as your this or that. Okay. You know? Yeah. So I'm just going to th- start throwing them out there. All right, let me... And we can both discuss. It's kind of like a both discuss. I'm here. If we need um, to. You know, I'm getting my Russian mysticism together. Uh, yeah, get yeah. your inner uh, Gurdjieff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> as a Russian, as a Ruski, I'm here. I'm ready. Go. So let's just start, like, you know, your like, the cute little easy ones here. Um, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I was really, as a kid... And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before technology. I was very much into the outdoors, and I loved dinosaurs, and I loved rocks. So I think had you I was asked really me, into dinosaurs too when I grew up. If you asked me, probably if you asked you know a young Jaylit, five six years old in Atlanta, probably a geologist. Yeah, I loved cool precious stones, gems, geodes. Just seeing the different levels. My mom and dad used to always take me to the different science centers botanical garden stuff like that so mm-hmm. i think had you asked me back then i would have said you know geology or something makes sense that. now you're growing up yeah and what you're into now yeah yeah There's, yeah that's Definitely. still there in you yeah yeah and i still have a tray somewhere my mom kept like a, a little tray of like some of the old rocks Things i used you, to have oh that's cool oh yeah that's yeah. cool you yeah, should grab so, those from her oh I, I think i have them at the house somewhere that's i just gotta cool. find them i like yeah. that i, I like might that have to pull lot. them out and just show you a couple of, like the tiger's eyes that i have from yeah. like you know 1994 yeah um I was a kid that I th- really was enamored with truck drivers. I thought a truck driver was like the coolest job. And <laughs> like long haul truck driving. Yeah. Yeah. And um, carnies. <laughs> so you. Uh, <laughs> I thought carnies. Yeah, that's were what like, you're doing. You're not. You I know. thought carnies were like. I was like, these guys figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, yo, these guys. Eat cotton candy all day and if, go from place to place. If you were gonna be a carny, they don't what, have to shower. What uh, what ride would or what what would you be doing at the at the carnival? Gravitron. I'm You're inside. Gravitron? I'm inside blasting the loud yeah. <laughs> DJ inside the yeah. loud music. That was the guy. Like the because you remember the Gravitron, the guy in there was just playing Metallica. It like, was always like death metal. And then the coolest thing I remember always is 
because they they're they're always in the middle of the spaceship. That's where they get to hang out. Yeah. But the the real edgy carnies would always they, go yeah. and they would stand yeah. outright show at you a, what like was a four, real. Yeah. At a ninety degree angle yeah. off of the gravitron. Yeah. That's how you knew you had a real one. Yeah. He come out there and just like be smoking a marble red, just like standing. He'd yeah. Like yo, that, that's what I was looking at. I was like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Just Joe Dirt. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. So that was that was me. That was where my head was at. Um. Uh, what's your favorite book? Do you have a favorite book? Ooh, do you have, a, do you have a, any any books out there? There's like, oh, that one, that one, this or that one. A formative book of my childhood would have been, and I I won't know the the author anymore, because uh, Jordan was a uh, bit of a bookworm when he was oh, younger. Okay. I believe I had the most AR points uh, a couple different <laughs> oh, a yeah, couple yeah, different yeah. years in uh, elementary and middle school. Um, but one of my favorite formative books as a child uh, was Where the Red Ferns Grow. Ooh, about, I remember that. Yeah, I don't remember who wrote it. But about yeah. a boy and his dogs. That's just, uh, you know, and spoiler alert, at the end where the dogs or dog does not make it uh, was one of those where it definitely hurt me deep down. But that's what I would say, Where the Red Ferns Grow. Um, Wilson Rawls. Wilson Rawls? Wilson Rawls. Yeah, I don't know that okay. one. Wilson Rawls, that's who did that one. Thought maybe we would know him. No, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. that one's not uh, But as a kid, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite books. I, I liked a lot as of those. As a kid, I liked The Outsiders was a big one. Hatchet was a big one. Oh, Hatchet. Anything from Jack London, Ernest Hemingway was huge for Hatchet me. was a, a big one for yeah. me. Yeah. Like any of those boy and his, and his dog. Adventures, adventure, yeah. survival. Yeah, I was all about all that stuff. What is a talent or a hobby that you don't have or do that you wish you 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 did did or did not have um so uh, something I, you... I have one it's it's uh it's very simple uh you know and and you will uh this is this is around you as well um but as you know my dad is a been a guitar player 50 plus years shreds uh i grew up around musicians Albeit, you know, you, my dad, Nathan, my wife. Um, so I, I, I just always found it to be amazing. Anyone that could basically pick up an instrument mm-hmm. uh, and just and just play like based off of like like uh, listening to something like my good buddy Sherman or even Sussman mm-hmm. on the saxophone. Yeah. To me, like I could play something for Sussman and he would play it right back on yes. the saxophone. And so I would just say playing an instrument to be yeah. honest i always i i always regret not really trying harder mm-hmm. at that when i was a kid yeah mine was always i was i've always been i always wish i could draw i always i always wish i could draw yeah. or paint and do stuff like that my yeah. dad's a really great artist and you know your wife is a really good artist so as well. annoying it's so annoying yeah and so like that was always when i was like i wish i could i wish i was a better draw i wish i could like do things like that because i am a creative mind but i can't fucking draw for shit yeah you yeah, know, that's yeah. I can't and I, see things. I and, did some art as a kid too, for sure. I, it never really went anywhere, but yeah, I, I would say more than more than art, I would definitely say music for me. Now the next one here, let's uh, let's do this. Describe your first kiss. Um, Nicole. Remember her name? Mine was can't Natalie. Re- can't remember the last Natalie name. Natalie something. It was black like, chick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Natalie, I forget what. Um, fifth grade or something like that. I don't know if there probably was like a. That was like the first. Mine like, was a real summer camp girlfriend. vibe. Mine was a summer camp vibe. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I don't really. Uh, not. I remember she was older too, so that was like a big deal. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, when you're young, even like a year older, makes it feel like you know. I feel like that's a common thing that happens to a lot of like you know, especially guys when their first kiss or like maybe even like their first sexual experience. It's always with an older lady because they are more um, advanced. They've 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 been there, done that, and they were the ones that I've I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends where their first kiss is always with like someone older. Uh, same age as me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But nothing, uh, nothing to write home about. No, no, like was it crazy just a story. kiss and then outie body? Like, or did you guys like become? Were you guys girlfriend boyfriend? We for were like that year. We were yeah. We were girlfriend boyfriend in air quotes, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, nothing, nothing to write home about. No. Uh, what song would you like to be played at your fucking funeral? Ugh. Um. I know I'm, these are all on the spot. I know you, you have to come up with something off the spot. It might not be like you know your favorite song, and, and if you don't have something, it's fine. You can like switch over it because I'm putting I, it on the I spot. I think it would probably be an Almond Brothers song. Okay. Um, if I really just kind of wanted to throw a wrench in your engine, I would say Mountain Jam because it's about 38 minutes long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just them shredding uh, just to make everyone sit there and just really sit sweat there. it. Really sweat it out. Because um, you can't at the funeral, like when the song is playing, you can't just get up and go take a piss. No, 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 exactly. You can't so, go do that. There would actually be like a go piss now uh, sign that goes on before it plays. <laughs> yeah. But if you if you had to put, you know, uh, my hands to the fire, I'd probably say Statesboro Blues. Ooh, good one, good one. Um, If I had to, I'm not, I am going to say, I don't even know what I said for this one. Just I mean, As Long As We're Together by Prince is also calling my name right now. Love that. And I'm going to come up with 15 others later today, which is going to, yeah, like, do we, do we start over, a, do we start a over. When I'm Dead playlist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to know it, so, because you're going to die before me and I need to know what to play. Oh, okay. You know? But I need you, if that's the case, I need you, like, uh, like in Zoolander, like, when everyone's walking in, you have the turntables set up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Hansel, Hansel. Uh, yeah. But I also need you playing, like, a whole set there. Yeah. Like, the celebration of I'll life play party. mine and then play yours? Is that, yeah. is that what you mean? Or? No, no, no. Like, you throw me into the dumpster. I'm mm-hmm. there, dead now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dumpster's there overlooking, like, a nice view, and I have trees all around and stuff like that. But then you just go into the celebration of life right there. You cut right into the set. And then just, you know, like, ready to die starts to play. I'm thinking shot to the heart and you're to blame. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) A little Jovi. Yeah, right? Um, uh, Next question. Do you recline your seat on an airplane? Thousand percent. Now, Now, I put this question in there because I was... Wherever I was at, I started seeing an overwhelming majority of people. There's a seat shaming uh, I didn't, a wave I'm, going right I'm now. I'm unaware of that. I was yeah. very unaware of that. I thought everyone, I don't care, big or small, if you're three years old or if you're 37 years old, you recline the chair and whoever's behind you has to just deal with it. My thought. I, I, there's people out there where they, you're not, they say you're not allowed to do that. My There's a very simple situation to this. Um I recline my chair, and then you recline yours right behind me. Mm-hmm. Now you have the same exact space as you had before, except now we're both more comfortable. I'm that's it. Six and then the person six. in the back, yeah, that's you know what you shouldn't have got on to the Southwest flight. You should have got the early check in. Yeah, you bastard. Yeah, I'm six foot six, and trust me, I don't want anybody to recline. But this is the rules of the road. Yeah, and I was just so surprised. I saw like all these that's people. a thing. It's it's a, I didn't it know started that. like maybe 2019. Is that is that it? Okay, yeah, where I didn't know would that. Be like, well, the other thing was like people putting like their feet like on the back of like over the top of someone's seat, so there's just like feet dangling above your head, and or like putting their ponytail. That's something behind. we can talk about. We can yeah. talk about that. That's yeah, we might have cool. to get into some airline yeah. etiquette. You know. Yeah, we might have to do some airline etiquette on that one. 
Um, this one was fun. Um, do you remember a a day at school or whatever it may be? What was your favorite food at the calf at the cafeteria? Ooh. And you and, and when I wrote this down, I was like, okay, he might want to go. Um, uh, college with it because we we went to college together. But I'm gonna open it up to whatever you whatever you want. Wherever I went. What right was your away, favorite? I went right day. away to uh, to middle school, Delora Middle School, Satellite yes. Beach, Florida. Um, it was it and it's nothing crazy, but I was always just a big fan of Pizza Day, Square Pizza Day, Pizza Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine, that was always that was where I always mine went. was Barbecue Chicken Day. Barbecue chicken. But it had nothing to do with the barbecue chicken. Why? What, barbecue what came with it? Ch- barbecue chicken day was the mm. only day out of every month, and mine is also elementary school, to yeah. or middle, middle or elementary school, um, and barbecue chicken day was the only day that we got mashed potatoes. Mm. And I love mashed potatoes, and I love them so much that I started... Trading in my barbecue chicken. I started trading my barbecue. Ch- you went double mash to other people. Oh. I, I would uh, other people at my cafe. I'd be like, "I'll," because they give you two drumettes, and I'd be like, "I'll give you one of my drumettes for your side of barbecue." Because people, you know, like the kids were like, "Oh, meat barbecue yeah. chicken." Like, shit, yeah, you can have my mashed potatoes, and I was like, "Cool, like your mashed potatoes are way more okay. valuable to me." And then that, and then the cafeteria lady, she started picking up on me my trading things. And she caught wind of it, and she did a. I'll never forget. She did a thing. She was like, "Hey, listen, you gotta eat your proteins because you're a you're a kid. You need to grow and be strong and whatnot." I like that your uh, your lunch lady just had had a secret degree and just like nutritional like health. Mrs. Keenan. Ooh. <laughs> um, uh, Ginger, and uh, she saw me like training, and she said, "Listen, I'll." I'll give you more mashed potatoes. Just eat your chicken. Don't trade your chicken away anymore. That's a true lunch lady right there. <laughs> Looking out. Lady, you're scaring me. So then so then it then it was funny because then it developed. Cause then I was like, all right, fine, I'll gag down the chicken. You know, just to get like because <laughs> because that was the whole thing with her. She was like, You gotta bring your empty tray up to me, and I gotta see your two bones, and then I'll give you another side fucking bowl of the mash. Alex? Show me, show me your bones. I've been hustling since, and I and I will give you another ladle of 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 mash. Yeah, I've been hustling for a while. Perfect. So, and then that turned into a whole thing because then all the other kids started seeing me get extra food, mm. and then they started going up there, and then then I had to, then I had to start to broker a deal with Mrs. Keenan. She was like, "Okay, listen, now we've got fucking you know, I'll put some mash Sean to- and fucking Paula are now coming up here trying to get more mashed potatoes. So then we had to do a thing where I'll never forget. After I was done, I'd have to be looking up at her and over at like in the kitchen, and then she would give me the eyes. And then I would come up next to like the soda machine, and she'd have it like just like right there on the counter, and she's like, "Just take it." I like to so think, it wasn't a thing. No one could see that I went and got it. I like to think Miss Keenan. <laughs> Miss Keenan. I like to think Miss Keenan had, she had brokered multiple deals with like probably fifty kids, where you <laughs> yeah. were the mashed potato by the soda guy, but she also had a green bean by the I'm by put the, it cashier. In the second stall. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> 
So where she's like, all right, so look, when you leave the lunchroom, you're just going to go to your locker. I put three, I put, I put a mason jar of mash in there and I just, you're going to take that home with you. And I put enough in there for all the Bensons tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And the funniest thing to remind you, this is Insta mash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is the cafeteria. This is the shit of the shit. This is just like buttered up fucking powder. Yes. Exactly. I mean, it was so good though. I love that. So yeah, that Ms. was Keenan. shout out to Miss Keenan. Keenan. I know you're out there listening. Yeah, for sure, burgers. Um, and uh, the last one here. Uh, do you pee in the pool? Honestly, a thousand percent, a hundred thousand percent. I'm not even. I, it, it annoys me when like when like, these cats come along. It's like, oh, I'll pee in the pool. It's like, shut the fuck up, bro. I think it's un-American you... to not pee in the pool. It's. It's okay. Yeah. I would almost say, and uh, 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 <laughs> unpopular opinion here, I would say it's mo- more inflammatory to almost like piss in the shower than it would be in the pool. I'm, ooh, good take. Love that take. Yeah, that's way more fucking disgusting. Right? Yes. You're pissing all over your own feet. Yeah. Duke. Yeah. Get out of there. Fucking disgusting. Now, if we're in a large body of water that we're all sharing together, go ahead, let it fly. But I like I like to uh, you know uh, pity patter over to where the jet's at mm-hmm. and do it there so it's kind it just of disperses immediately into the sea. Do you remember? Um, I remember there was an episode of Pete and Pete back in the day okay. where they okay. had come up with a technology to put um, a coloring in the pool. Where if you peed in the pool, the it would the, it would turn like bright red or yellow. They have that, don't they? I think it's they do. Thing. But they talked about it in the show, and then they would start to like they knew who was peeing in the pool. Right. So I was uh, there was years where I, I had a fear where that would happen to me. Oh really? Yeah. Where I was like, I'm peeing, I'm peeing, I'm not seeing any red. Okay, I'm not seeing any blue. You're okay, we're down, good. Looking at just, just just yellow. Yeah, just yellow. Idiots. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> can't, can't see that. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Hey, Stacy, get over here. But yeah, I'm a big proponent. Go ahead, piss in my pool when I get one. Yeah, I'm man. gonna piss in yours. My Just dad don't piss in the shower. That my dad was like, oh, he hated that growing up. He's like, you're messing up the whole environment of the pool and Chris, the chlorine. Chris, happy birthday! I've pissed in your pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. And I'm not sorry. Even I'm yeah. sorry. Happy birthday, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually gonna come over and piss in there tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are the little, some, just a couple questions. You know, let the audience get to know us a little better. I, off the walls. I have uh, this will actually since we're kind of going back and forth. My last topic is uh, kind of the similar of like you know how do you how do you do this? Um, we will be cooking dinner or whatever. We'll eat our dinner. We usually make enough so that the next day there's some leftovers for lunch. Mm, okay? I'm not a big leftovers guy, but yes, depends. Okay, so let's just assume that you know you made a, a good meal that you know you're gonna want to eat the next day. Okay, okay? so probably a shepherd's pie. Okay, you got the chef pie. Yep. Um, you're done, and you've put it in the Tupperware. Okay. What do you do next? Um, what do you mean? So here's the dilemma. I, it goes in the Tupperware. Top goes on. Th- throw that puppy right in the fridge. <laughs> yep. Close, close, uh, close the door. No problem. Come back for a nib. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, wifey. We'll always leave it out on the counter with the top on, but we'll wait for it typically to cool down and then put it in the fridge because she's thinking like 
it'll build up all that condensation and stuff by being in a cold environment. Oh, so that it's all like soggy. I, I'm after understanding that. her science behind it, but I think the um. The, so I may put it in the fridge right away, guy. So am and I. when she did so that, so when she did that, I always it thoughts start racing in my head every time that situation happens. Because look, we grew up differently. You know, whatever, different areas, different families. So I immediately always go, "Did am I? Have I been doing something wrong? Am my, I fucking up my leftovers? Have I been doing something wrong? Is that what you're thinking? My entire life." Mm. So that's why I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to get some feedback from uh, the listenership out there of, am I fucking up, or am I doing what the gen pop is doing, and, and maybe wifey is a little different strokes for different folks kind of guy. I feel like the payoff that you're getting, because what she's doing is like, all right, we're letting like, you know, the food sit, do its natural, like, you know, come down, and then we're going to like, you know, chill it. And that's not compromising the meal as much. Is that kind of? I'm guessing, yeah. Right. Because I think she, like, well, I feel like when the you payoff, do that, or I guess when you put it in right away and it's still hot and it's steaming up, she's saying it'll basically can like there'll be a lot of condensation and water that builds up because of that. And maybe it won't soggier. I guess. Okay, but so the, that's the, the that that water is what's is what's getting activated in the microwave to, to heat it back up. Uh, yeah, I I don't think the payoff is as big as 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 your what your wife thinks. Like, and the only thing that I can kind of like, and this might be like a terrible uh, comparison, but when you're drafting in fantasy football, the payoff between the number one kicker or defense to say the number four or five best kicker defense, the payoff is like the numbers are very small. It's yeah. like the best one's giving you 70 points and then the number five's giving you 65. Okay. The payoff so, isn't as much. I don't so think. you are on team Jalen. Yes. Okay. I'm, 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 a, I'm a kosher dandy on that one. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you, Newell. Yes. You're welcome. Okay, so that was my question. If you guys do something different, if you guys have a Let different, us know. Yeah. if you guys, I want to know what your leftover tactics are because maybe I've been doing some and we'll change and we'll wrong. change because I'm yeah maybe. I'm open because because I can kind of see what she says like if you make a steak and then you just cover it up and throw it in there maybe you are compromising it exactly and that's you know, actually maybe maybe now was, now the meat's a little bit tougher that was actually one of uh was that the leftovers of, that it, that earlier this week i was like like a lasagna and stuff i, I think go, you're all right with you left this out babe what are you doing and she's like well i'm letting it cool down and then i'm gonna put it in in like 30 minutes hmm. and i was like huh okay and that just like stirred the drink a little she's not I'm, I'm not i'm she's not wrong I'm it's not, not a flawed thought no. process but like i said i i bag it i tag it and it's in yeah, but if you bill nine me and give me something behind it, I'll we'll, I'll revert. I'll let that I'll let that motherfucker sit out. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I like need that. I need to know what everyone's. Tactics Let's see what the majority are. is on that. These one. are the little intricacies of marriage that you know you just see, you find out along the way, mm-hmm. and you need and and this is the crux of the marriage. You need to know who's right and you need to know who's wrong. Um, and uh, this actually uh, reminds me, and I hope it's okay to to kind of circle back on. I didn't even mean to do this. Um, whatever came about of that laundry situation? Um, Did anything ever? We got we, some good. Was, we got some good feedback. Is it the same still? We got some. We, it, is it, it is remained. Because I think I told you unchanged. a couple of my friends did what you guys did too actually because i thought it was outrageous actually, but it actually isn't you know who reached out recently was um joel's joel's wife joel's wife joel's wife mm-hmm. had reached out uh one of my best friends joel's wife mm-hmm. and her and joel um 
they 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 go separately. There are yeah. certain couples. I think we say Joel's wife because she asked us not to say her name. She specifically, she specifically had mentioned said, Don't to ever... us when we were down in suburbia out in Coral Springs. She said specifically mention my child, my husband, all of my family, but just keep me. Uh, yeah, so you know, we're a mystery. We're honoring your um, uh, your, your wishes. Request. Yeah. Yes, um, but they, you know, so I've I've gotten feedback. I think I would say sixty forty. Most people. Do combine. 60, 40, most people combine. 60, they do. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I would 40 agree don't, with that, yeah. I think that was basically where we were at. And, you know, I as of right now, um, I did my own I did my own laundry today. She there did her go. own. There you go. Um, Getting ready for the work week. But there, are, I think there will be some uh, unification depending on what the clothing type is. Gotcha. That's all I can say. As a cool, as of right. right now. But I'll keep you. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. It could always change. Yeah, it could always yeah. change. I'm open. Yeah. Show me the science, Bill Nye. Me. Yeah. I mean, we'll go. I will. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's episode 14 in the books. Mm. Um. Got some good homework this week. Very excited about it. Yep. Uh, janitor's closet. Uh, I'm getting the fabuloso and filling that up right now. Yeah. So that it's just ready to go for next week. Clean it up, clean it up. We got a we got a clean studio here. Uh, Anna just came through. Yeah, uh, I did mention how nice it looked when I came in here, and you had mentioned she she was here a bit late because what happened? She was supposed to be here early. She texted me. She goes, "Yo, Alejandro, my uh, car broke down and uh, not gonna be able to make it today. Hope that's all right." And I was like, "Yeah, it's totally fine." And then she texted me about an hour or two later and said, "Hey, I'm at the mechanic shop." Things are going swimmingly here, mm. and she's like, "I can actually come a little later. Is that is that okay?" And I said, "You know what, Boo? You're a hustler because you know that you got bills now to pay, and you need some fucking cash." Mm-hmm. And yes, ma'am. Well, you know what would have helped out a little bit too. I did it. You did. I did it. You did because it. she needed because because of what happened. See, I don't, that, I don't, that know, I don't know if she heart. fleeced me. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't know if she Ooh. did a thing. I don't know if she used that. But um, I throw I threw her the extra ten. Okay. You know, girl need a little help. Maybe a little it, 20 well, spot. Now, now car trouble, a little 20 spot. I mean, I need you to get a, I need you to, I need to give you Anna's number and have her come over. And so I can start watching your, uh, your accounting, um, and see how much I giving. actually had, uh, we have a guy at work that does like car detailing mm-hmm. and I'm of the, um, it's like, it falls in the same category of the landscaping. I'm not paying for someone to mow my lawn because I enjoy doing that. Right. So I I like washing my car, so I typically don't pay for it. Um, it was thirty bucks to d- detail the entire inside, out. inside outside. Not bad at all. Uh, no, not good, bad at all. Good, good, good price. Uh, I had him. So Friday I had, had been doing pretty good at work. You know, had some time on Friday. Threw him the keys and said, "This is your tryout, bud." Thirty bucks. He came in, gave me. He said, "Yeah, just zell me the 30. I tacked a little five spot on there and said, "Good job, good, good job. It looks great." You loved it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, are we gonna go back, maybe? Yeah, yeah. When it when it makes sense, you know. But you know, but it's one of those situations where you know you do a good thing. It. I'm always gonna you know throw you a little juice on top. That's just me though. Yeah, just a little floater. Yeah, exactly. A little pina colada floater. I'm putting a floater on it. I'm not even gonna charge you, bud. You're welcome. Yeah, that's it. That's the type of podcast we are here. We are the type of podcast that's gonna put a floater on the top, and we're not even gonna charge you. Yeah, we don't even care about the umbrella. Hmm. 
Alright guys, we will see you next week. Rate, subscribe, review, uh, tell your friends. Let's build this thing. I hope you guys enjoyed the guests that we had the last couple weeks. So yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna have a, a pretty uh we're gonna have a, a a good one coming up. We haven't put them in the books yet. We haven't put them in the books yet, but we, we got, got a, a couple coming up here. A pod star. We have a pod star coming up. We're a little excited for it. We're uh we're nervous on our end. We're, we're just in the reason why they haven't been on is because we're getting our shit together. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't want to fumble this one. Exactly. You Can't know? fumble the bag. Yeah. So we, we hired Bill Belichick. We're going over schemes. And we're going to fucking punch him in the mouth. Mm-hmm. That's it. So um, love you guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.